everyone, and thank you for tuning into my first podcast ever. Uh, psych, JK, nah, this podcast is not going to have that kind of a tone. I'm really sorry if that was really loud. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first podcast of Between the Pedgy. I am your host, Jay. Uh, finally getting this podcast started. Pretty much, we're just going to talk about anime, manga. We're going to talk about life and how it relates to manga and anime and Oh my god, there's like so many cool things, but I'm so glad to finally get this podcast started. It's just going to be me ranting about a bunch of stuff that I read and watch and hopefully have discussions with other people. For this first episode, it's just going to be me. I'm going to do a manga breakout and then hopefully in future episodes, I'm going to get some like guests coming in. We're going to be talking about what they watch, what they like, talk to people that don't watch anime and manga and see if I can convince them to watch some stuff and then... Maybe hopefully get some cosplayers on here, get some like authors, manga creators, all these kinds of things. I honestly don't know. The ideas are vast. I can pretty much go wherever I please. That sounds kind of weird, but anyways. Yeah, so the goal is just to get a conversation going about manga. So I'm glad you guys are tuning in. I'm glad you guys are here for the first episode. This is such a big deal. Um, probably like, it's a big deal. I don't care if there's like only like 10 people hearing this. It will eventually grow and then more people will listen to manga and it'll be even great. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, so this first episode, episode one of Between the Pedgy, will be a manga breakout episode. So we're pretty much, we, I'm pretty much going to be talking about three big chapters that came out this week. Three beefy chapters particularly, because we waited kind of two weeks for each one. And each one has had a pretty distinguishing moment that's going to define each manga arc as it goes on from here. So the three chapters I'm going to be talking about are One Piece, chapter 1001. Battle of Monsters of Onigashima. That's kind of a interesting name. I don't know if I pronounce it correctly, but hey, you know what? I'm not here to judge. The second chapter I'm going to talk about is My Hero Academia chapter 297. That's Tartarus. I said that kind of weird as well. That one's an intense chapter. If you don't read My Hero, if you're a My Hero fan, but don't read it. I'm telling you, you guys are missing out. And the third chapter I'm going to be talking about is Black Clover chapter 278, Undying Bodies. This is kind of like the one that's a little bit lesser from the other two, but I'm still going to talk about this one because who doesn't like Black Clover? Don't say you don't, because if you don't, you better start reading and watching it. It's a good anime. It's a good manga. Before I start each chapter, I'm going to give a non-spoiler, just quick summary about it. And then if you obviously watch the show and you don't read the manga, you don't want to hear the spoiler. I'm going to have timestamps in the description below to tell you guys pretty much when the next chapter I'm going to be talking about. So that way you can kind of skip around and listen to the other ones if you don't care about the other ones. Or if you just want to hear the summaries of each one, by all means go for it. I don't mean to spoil it. I just want to talk about it and hopefully have the same reactions that other people that read it had same similar reactions as me and hopefully comment and talk to him in the future about other stuff. I don't know, whatever. But point is, we're going to talk about the manga. We'll start off with the lesser of the three for Black, for well, my opinion, for Black Clover chapter 278, Undying Bodies. So if you haven't been caught up with the manga, Pretty much in the anime, it's it's in a good it's in a good saga. You guys are starting to explore kind of like Asta's like they had a all the whole team had like a time jump right and they're getting all powered up and Asta's all beefed down. He's riding his sword like a surfboard. Um, that's where it's gonna start getting interesting. The devils are gonna be introduced and there's gonna be like a lot of like background to magic and each each kingdom's own magic and how it kind of differentiates from one another. So for the chapters. I apologize. Neighbors be revving their engines. But for chapter 278, if you haven't been reading, if you haven't been watching, spoiler warning, here's the summary. Hopefully it's non-spoilerish. But the mages have pretty much 
damn, how do I make this non-spoilerish? Okay, pretty much, you you know the mages are going to confront the devils. I'm not telling you who's going to confront who, who's fighting who, but pretty much the battling is starting, right? The three main triad members are all having their moments. Each one is fighting a specific team for a specific reason, and now we're being introduced to the third one. I'm not going to say who, but they have been introduced in prior chapters. They have battled previous mages before. They weren't necessarily defeated, but they definitely were shown that they are not invincible. So this is the third member of the Dark Triad being challenged. And pretty much the similar repetitional theme is that each mage that's kind of confronting each one of the Dark Triad is surpassing their own limits and is developing new magic and they're showing like new abilities, which is really cool. And this chapter particularly had two characters that I was like, oh my god nice okay so that was the end of the spoiler free summary now i'm going into heavy spoilers spoiler alert i don't know why i did nfl anyways 278 undying bodies we finally get our battle with dante and dante is facing up against freaking jack jack the ripper and not you know asta's devil teacher if you may will in the beginning when i first saw it i thought there's no way jack is gonna put up a fight against this dude like dante is straight up op dante took a slash from yami and still lived who is this guy right and you know jack is always trying to one up yami and tell him like oh you're not as strong as i am i'm better than you and deep down inside we know no you're not bro you are not better than and Yami, no one, no one can beat Yami. But Noct is there, so with Noct being there, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, Noct is gonna have like the upper hand, and Jack's gonna have to play some specific role. And right off the bat, Dante does his uh, gravity magic, and he pretty much puts both of them to the ground. And this is what I saw coming. We definitely saw this coming. This is what he does. But freaking Noct out of nowhere does a new Devil Union, and this dude looks so badass. He looks like Optimus Prime kind of in a way where he gets these big old shields. And he's like Deoxys defense mode. You know, he has big old shields on the side. He has like these big shin guards. And he looks like a castle. This dude is impenetrable. So this is kind of cool. But at the same time, since it's a defensive move, we already get to feel that, okay, he's, he's on the defense. He's going to try to tire out Dante. I don't know. But definitely he's there to protect Jack. Because he himself even claims that he is not strong enough to take out Dante. And even Dante says like, oh, nothing can take me down besides anti-magic. Haha, <laughs> foreshadowing Asa's appearance. And we kind of figure that. But Dante kind of, I mean, sorry, Noct kind of points out that Jack might have an advantage over this dude. And in the beginning, we're not quite sure what it is. And even I was kind of skeptical about that because I was like, nah, Jack is pretty, he's a, he's a captain for a reason. He's good at fighting, but he doesn't have like a dark affinity to his magic. He doesn't necessarily, he's not a, uh, what are they called? The, not, not the Archmages. Uh, I forget, whatever mages that are above zero. Arcane Mage, there we go. He's not an Arcane Mage, so it's, it's kind of unclear as to what he's going to do. So pretty much as Dante is going to go up against Jack, Noct is defending him, and Noct is calling him out, calling him like weak, like, yo, bro, you're all bark, no bite, what's going on? And even Dante's like, yeah, bro, you're boring, I'm gonna take you out. And kind of, I felt like, yeah, take out Jack, like, we don't need him in this chapter. I want to see Dante versus Noct, I want to see Devil against Devil, I want to see that. Jack, you're just in the way. And then we get Jack's backstory, which is finally revealed, Jack 
comes from, I guess, like a hunter tribe. His father was a hunter. He was not a really renowned hunter. He kind of hunted small things. And he always told them, hunt those that are weaker than you. And from right there, I was like, ah, I know where this is going. I know you could totally see where that's going. Because if you hunt that that's weaker than you, how are you ever going to surpass and become better? And even Jack says in his little flashback, well, legends aren't those that are undefeated, right? Those uh, those who are strong and are legendary are the ones that take out tougher foes, right? Like, based on their reputations and whatnot. So then Jack does something that is really weird. I didn't quite understand it, but I'm just going to accept it. And we know that he can produce blades, like, from his body. And I guess in this chapter, they kind of make it more evident that he can produce blades from anywhere in his body. And those blades are able to cut through gravity. And as they're cutting through gravity, that's allowing him to cancel out the gravitational spell and is allowing him to move around. Now, I can see the blades cutting through the magic itself that's causing there to be more gravity. That that could make sense. But the blades would just cut gravity. That is some, like, molecular level magic right there. And, yo, dude, that's kind of like the Flash, like, going through walls because he can vibrate and goes through the atoms and that's kind of similar in that way and if that's true then dude this guy can totally take out dante and as we've seen that those final like epic slashes dante's like laughing like ha 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 i got super regenerative powers and you can't take me down and he actually delivers one devastating blow and i i completely was like i'm i i saw it coming but i didn't really anticipate it it wasn't like an omg moment it was just it felt like each each member of the dark triad at this point is each being surprised by some move and they're getting hurt or they're getting injured or they're not realizing that their opponents are as strong as they thought so then each one is just like whoa and so we have this moment obviously and jack has his moment of fame and it's setting it up to pretty much the dark triad all have had that moment now they're gonna rebuttal the following chapters i believe that they're each going to rebuttal to each of the attacks that's been coming. Now, so far in each of the three, for each of the Dark Triad, they've all been confronted by one mage particularly, the one that's kind of, kind of like overpowering them. Now, each one, I believe, is going to reveal like a newer form of themselves. Either they're going to unleash more of that demon magic and they're going to become stronger, or they're going to reveal some new move that we haven't seen yet for each one. So... That's going to be interesting to see. And I really hope that they put up like a massive fight and each of the mages like gets taken down a peg. I want to see these mages hurt. I want them to be like, we can't take these people down. Like they are too strong. So that when Asta shows up and when everyone else that's not there shows up, they they feel like a breath of relief. Like, thank goodness you're here. But another thing that i'm anticipating and i'm wondering is noct has so far shown us two forms and he technically still has two more he left one behind with asta so uh it i'm we'll see if he has because he's shown like a fighting form this is a defensive form maybe he has two other forms that will give him an ace of his sleeve we i mean i honestly don't know where that's gonna go but i really hope that he shows us like a new badass form and he just completely shows up jack and he takes out dante like with no problem but obviously even knocked himself has already admitted he can't kill him he can he can go toe to toe with this guy but he can't take him out so i'm really liking where the manga is going right now for black clover it's it's heading in a good direction it's setting up each fight we've had each each of the dark triad have their moment i believe we're going to go back and revisit each of the ones prior 
and then see their rebuttals to these attacks. And then that's going to start set up, start setting up this whole grand scheme of mages against devils. And then maybe like even new devils will appear. I highly doubt it. I don't think so. But maybe, maybe, just maybe. So that was Black Clover. Read it if you're not reading it. I mean, if this is the first time you're hearing about it and you haven't started reading it, you should definitely read it. And the anime is pretty good too. I would I would not give the anime a cold shoulder if you're not really big into the anime. It's it's good. It's got good animation. So and it's starting to get to the good stuff with the Heart Kingdom and the Spade Kingdom and all that good stuff. But yeah, all right. So now that's gonna lead me to the next one. So we're definitely gonna talk about One Piece next. Not to say that My Hero is better, but I just want to talk about One Piece already because. As I was talking about Black Clover, I couldn't just stop thinking about One Piece. But first of all, shout out to Oda Sensei for completing his 1,000 chapter last last week. Because I believe it was two weeks ago. Congrats, congrats, congrats. 1,000 chapters is a huge deal. Not a lot of people understand that. 1,000 chapters, that's... Typically, a manga artist gets about like 48 chapters done in a year. And this dude has done 1,000. So the grind, the hustle, the story. And I know a lot of people complain about... It's so long, it's so hard to get into. It is long and it is hard to get into <laughs> innuendos. But the point is, once you get into it, it's really hard to stop. Once you get past those beginning chapters, whether it's in the, the manga or anime, if you're used to this new style of anime, and I guess manga if you want to say, it is a little bit harder because it's not as colorful, as I may say. But if you understand the mechanics and the storytelling and just the pacing of older anime and manga then you can definitely just binge through it and just sit through it and i guess just i don't want it to sound like it's a chore but just struggle a little bit it might be a little boring because it's not as exciting but at the time it was exciting okay so i'm sorry that you're so spoiled on these crazy art manga i mean these manga panels that are full of so much detail and art when back then there was just not that much money for the resource and obviously now there is because it's growing but blah 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 this is going to be the uh, non-spoiler for one piece and then we'll get started with one piece i completely recorded the one piece chapter without doing this non-spoiler so it's going to be a little bit weird uh, in terms of the spacing but i don't care i will admit that but the non-spoiler so if you have not if you've been caught up with the anime you are already in the the land of Wano, and you are starting to confront all these different moving pieces are going to play different roles in a larger picture or larger scheme or whatever if you're reading the manga you know exactly where we are so non-spoiler luffy and the gang are finally confronting the emperors now you already know they're confronting kaido um so there's going to be that that battle between them two they are finally at that moment where big things are happening and the battle itself is starting to get intense luffy again has claimed that he's going to be king of the pirates and as we all know that is a trigger for him so our boy is starting to get triggered and great things are going to come from this chapter so chapter 1001 builds from that momentum from 1000 because in chapter 1000 he was like I'm going to be king of the pirates. And then everyone at this point is just like, bro, we get it. And Luffy's like, all right, well, I'm going to keep my promise. So the battle's starting. Big things are going on. And there's just a lot of movement. If you're going to watch the anime and you don't read the manga, that's good. Just pay attention to everything because 
everything, if you watch One Piece, you already know, everything correlates to something. And if a character that came in the beginning, you're going to see him at the end. So that's why I love One Piece. No character is left behind, right? So it's, it's a good, it's a good chapter. So that was the non-spoiler review. And One Piece chapter 1001, Battle of Monsters of Onigashima. This chapter right here, if you didn't read the last chapter, Luffy yet again was like, I'm going to be king of the pirates, right? And reading it, it's like, oh, snaps. Oh, my God. Because, I mean, he says it, but this time he says it to Kaido and Big Ma. And you're just like, damn, Luffy. The feels. But now (laughs) the chapter starts off with pretty much Big Ma going like, or Kaido and Big Ma both of them be like, bro, you're still on that? You're still talking about being king of the pirates? Bro, chill out, all right? Like, you don't even know what it means to be King of the Pirates. Like, you don't even understand, right? Because these are the, the freaking emperors of the sea. And Luffy's so worst generation, right? So, it's, it's I love this chapter because there are so many funny moments in this chapter alone. Even though it's such a serious chapter. <laughs> so, first of all, we get, like, Luffy just being like, I don't care what you gotta say. I'm gonna be King of the Pirates. And he's there with Zoro, uh, Kid... Killer and Law, they're all there with him. They've already transported the the samurai that confronted Kaido in the beginning. They they took him down, and it's funny because Law tells Luffy, "Hey man, I was already gonna do that, but then you said to do it, and then it sounded like I was taking orders from you." And Luffy's like, "So what, bro? As long as the job got done." And then Kid's like, "Yo man, I don't care who listens to who, but you guys just gotta calm down." And Law, oh my God, this trio. In the beginning, I thought I wasn't going to like Kid. I, I always knew I was going to like Law. Law. Law just had that that aura to him. But Kid, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this guy. He's like a, the Magneto ripoff kind of thing, whatever. But he's starting to grow on me, especially when he got caught in the prison. And, you know, he's not, I don't want to say he's humbled, right? But he just has a different perspective on everything. And he he's not as a jerk, right? And <laughs> pretty much, like, Law's, Law's growing on me. I mean, I'm sorry if, if you're a Law fan and... I, I, I mean, sorry, kid. Kid's growing on me. And I'm sorry if you were a kid fan prior and you're like, how dare you? Whatever, okay? Um, I, I like the people the D and kid is, well, he's just there, okay? Well, anyways, they confront Kaido and the fact that Luffy gets, like, hit by Kaido's move, but he's able to, like, kind of, like, try to dodge it in a way. He's like, oh, man, I even prepared for it and it still hit me so fast. It's like, yeah, bro. Like, we'll feel you, man. I know you could do it, man. You could totally do it. I'm like, I'm so rooting for Luffy. Like, I, every time I read it, I'm just like, bro, like, just win already. Like, you have everyone there. Win. Just win, please. Please. But anyways, he gets confronted by Big Mom. And then Zolo coming in clutch, defending our boy from that fire blast after he gets hit by by Kaido. Again, and he does. Uh, Kinemon's, what's that move called? Fox fire style uh, flame... Flame rend? I think. Let me look at it real quick. Yeah. Ha. Flame rend. He slices through Prometheus's like flame body and he just stops him and Prometheus is in heaven. Big Maul's like, oh my God, Prometheus. And it's like, what were you expecting? He's a flame. He's not going to die. I don't know why that was such a big deal, but it was pretty hilarious. But the fact that Zoro's there backing up our boy. Yes, Zoro. We need more of that energy. And then pretty much they start triple teaming Kaido. Big Ma and Kaido are kind of double teaming against him. So it's three against four four against how many are them five yeah there's like five of them five against two 
Anyways, the best part of the chapter by far that made me laugh so freaking hard was when Prometheus fires like these fireballs at all three of them. And this was pretty much after Law and Luffy are like, hey man, stop telling me what to do. And then Luffy's like, fine. We can do whatever you want. These fireballs are coming at us. The last one to to like dodge it, uh, what was it? Is a loser, right? Like the first one to react is a loser. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. But as they're just standing there, the fireballs are coming right at them. And then they're just all like, they're not dodging it, but they're, they, the faces they make, they're the scrunched up faces are just like, <sighs> like embracing the hit. And they all get hit by the fireball. <laughs> oh my god oh. oh my god that right there each one these guys are gonna be the next big three in the way of pirate world and they're they're complete idiots they are idiots and i love it <laughs> Oh my goodness, but yeah, just, you know, and even Zoro's like, what the hell are you guys trying to accomplish? Like, what is wrong with you guys? You guys are, oh, oh my god, like, this is, this is the One Piece humor that I love. Like, I hope Oda-sensei is thinking of these things and he is laughing his ass off. I don't, I'm pretty sure he's like, I don't, I don't care if everyone's loving this, I'm loving this. And you know what? I'm loving it too. Like, you got, you guys got to read chapter 1001. Just the faces of all three. <laughs> I'm staring at it right now. Oh my god, that is someone please make stickers of them. Oh, please. Oh my god, of of kid Luffy and and freaking Law. Oh my god, those faces. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways, Zoro comes comes out and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna take on Kaido," and then he even calls to like Killer. He's like, "Hey, bro, I know what your real name is. It's Hitokiri Kamazo. I hope I said that right. I totally said it wrong. I'm sorry, my Japanese is horrible, but I am practicing. I do have a Japanese teacher. She has been teaching me. Well, I lie. She has shown me how to write, and I've been supposed to be doing kanji, and I have not been practicing it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kori Sensei, but I will get to those lessons as soon as I can. Anyways, back to One Piece. Zoro does his move. He does his Purgatorio Onigiri on Kaido, and as we figured." It didn't really do much. Even Kaido's like, haha, that's pretty good, bro. But it didn't do anything. And then we see each one. We see Kid, Law, and Luffy set up, like, their powerful attacks. And they all just come charging at him one after the other, like, simultaneously, like, boom, 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 right? And then Kaido just pretty much takes it. And then he transforms into his dragon form. And he comes up. And he's pretty much telling them, like, well, you guys are strong, haha, <laughs> congratulations, but guess what? The winner of this battle takes everything from the loser. So he's pretty much telling him, like, oh, when we win, we're going to take everything from you guys. And the winner of this match, predominantly, is going to be the king of the pirates. Now, when you use the term, the king of the pirates, around my boy Luffy, that's an automatic trigger. Now, Kaido may not know this. Some people are unaware of this. But when you trigger my boy Luffy about being king of the pirates, you're in for a world of hurt. That's right. You are going down. I'm sorry, but Kaido brought it upon himself. He is going down. There is no doubt in my mind that Kaido and Big Mom are going to come out of this victorious. They are probably not going to die, right? Because I honestly don't remember the last villain that he killed i mean 
there's been a couple, but they all go to jail. But anyways, but they're going to be taken down. But it's not going to be Luffy by himself, right? Luffy can't take out both two emperors by himself. And he already has his four assistants there. But I feel, at this point, definitely Kid is going to be the one that's going to be, like, uh, most improved in a way. He's going to have his moment, but he's going to be taken out. Law is going to come in clutch like he always does. He's going to do some kind of chambres kind of thing, and then boom, something's going to happen. And then Luffy is going to deal the last devastating blow. Zoro and Killer are there. They're just going to be accessory people. I believe they're going to help them out and kind of help the battle go better. But I don't think they're going to really do anything that we don't expect them to do already. Luffy, I don't think any of them are going to have a new form. He obviously has his new hockey and that's how he hurt Kaido. And that's definitely going to be incorporated in some way that it's just going to be creative. And I still have not thought of it yet. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to him punching Kaido out of the sky with some Kong gun. Or a double Kong gun. Or freaking, I don't know, man. He might invent some new Snake Kong Rainbow Fish Dragon 3000 punch or something. I don't know. But the point is... His new hockey is going to be dope. And then, oh, if the freaking leader of, like, that flower gang, the little old dude that talking about the hockey comes out of nowhere and, like, has to sacrifice himself to save Luffy, I am going to be so devastated. But, you know what? Sacrifice must happen where they must in order for our heroes to grow. But anyways, I believe that's going to happen. Next chapter, obviously... The battle's going to rage. It's going to go more. And I think it's going to be involved more with Big Maw. Probably Big Maw is going to be the ones fighting like Zoro and Killer. And then maybe like Kid or Law interchanging one or two. And then Luffy's going to be the one mainly engaging with Kaido. Big Maw's still a big hitter. She shouldn't be ignored. And then we still got all the other Straw Hats down below coming back up. I see my boy Sanji coming out of nowhere and stopping Big Maw in a way. That's going to be dope. But we'll see. And then maybe even like maybe Law and Kid wind up losing and then Zoro's about to like lose and then Sanji comes out nowhere and he's like hey what's up Moss head you need a hand and then Zoro's like bro I don't need you and he's like good because I wasn't gonna help you anyways and then they take out Big Mom I could totally see that coming if it did happen I'd be like yes and if it doesn't happen I'm still now that I said it I kind of want it to happen please let it happen Oda Sensei I know you're not listening but please the universe help us do some flame kicks and Demon slashes. Take out Big Mom. Do it. Please. Anyways. That's one piece right there. 1001. Big milestone. Congratulations Oda Sensei and the whole One Piece team. You guys are remarkable. You guys are amazing and awesome. I can't wait to read more. And I will be extremely, extremely sad when it ends. But luckily we have about two or three years more of this. So that's like about a good hundred chapters more or less. So. Fingers crossed. To them being like, psych, we still got more, but no. Anyways, that was One Piece. Okay, so we've made it now to the third manga breakout, which is drumroll, please. JK, there's no drumroll because I don't got a drummer here. It is My Hero Academia Chapter 297 Tartarus. Now, we've had, uh, actually, sorry, let me rewind real quick. So, non-spoiler summary of the chapter for my My Hero fans out there. So... You guys already know about Tartarus. That is where they're keeping all for one. So this chapter is called Tartarus. You guys can speculate and guess what it's about. Maybe they're introducing the facility in more in depth. 
maybe there's something else going on. I don't know. But point is, if you've been watching the anime, you definitely have no idea what's going on. If you're reading the manga, you know exactly what's going on. And real quick, Tartarus, we get a we get a pretty good detail synopsis of how things work there in a way and we kind of see how something can definitely affect the security of the facility and we get introduced and we get a glimpse of like a couple of villains that we know from the past so if you have a favorite villain i suggest you read this chapter and and if you if you don't have a favorite villain and you hate the villains then when this ch- if you read this chapter you will probably not be so happy that i kind of spoiled it i kind of did didn't i well too bad cuz it's really hard to not spoil this chapter without spoiling this chapter cuz it's freaking called tartars and if you read manga you know when something ca- is called what it's supposed to be called then you're like oh no oh no What's that one song from TikTok that goes, oh no, oh no, oh no, no, no. That is like the perfect song for this chapter. Boom. There's your summary. And now for our actual manga readers, let's get into the spoiler heavy stuff. Tartarus chapter 297. OMG. What we thought was going to happen totally happened for the last chapter and it happened in one chapter. I thought it was going to be like, oh man, we're going to get like a like a sequence of the inside. And then the next chapter we actually see All For One come out. No, All For One at the end is just like, yo, what's up, y'all? I'm going to be Demon Lord. And then everyone's just like, okay. So pretty much Tartarus, right off the bat, it's getting attacked by obviously All For One who's taking over Shigaraki's body. And he's there to free his own body and free other villains. Now the interesting part about this chapter itself is all for one is kind of using shigaraki obviously because he doesn't have control of his body or anything but they free a lot of villains and they introduce one that's a new one it's it's a female villain there's a lot of like speculation and there's a lot of like word going around on the internet that this is going to be like maybe um sir night eye's sister because of like the hair pattern like her hair pattern um i don't know what the color of it is yet. I haven't really researched it. I don't know if it, if it's a green and yellow. For sure. No doubt in my mind. But, I mean, if it's not, she's obviously a big hitter in in the show, right? Because she's in the lowest level with all, like, the super dangerous ones. Or, uh, wait, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she's there with, like, uh, was it, what's, his, what's the freaking teeth guy? Moonfish, is that his name? Night, moonfish, Nightfish, I forgot his name. Well, the teeth guy's there. We see uh, overhaul pop out we see freaking muscular he's just like yo i'm freaking gonna tear everything up and then we get a glimpse of this one dude slouching who i'm assuming is a stain so i mean if it's if it's not him then who else could it be right and then um who else do we get was there any other villain that was kind of there that i didn't really notice sorry guys i'm just looking real quick here i don't see anyone yeah, that's pretty much it. And then, then, obviously, a bunch of other villains got free, right? Because there's no way that they didn't. Long story short, I mean, obviously, we see Kirikiri there, too. At least I think that's him. He's all shady or whatnot. But some big villains definitely got released. And the interesting part here is the conflict between All for One and Shigaraki. Like, 
Shigaraki is starting to get tired of all for ones meddling with his body. He's not he's not having it. He's straight up going, bro, I'm not I'm not with this fam. You're taking advantage of me and I'm not your pawn. And all for one is telling him, You're not my pawn, you're you are the next me. And it's like, bro, like parent issues right there, like dude, passing on your failures onto your child just to make them hate you and resent you is a pretty good way of making a villain. And that's exactly what he's doing. So the interesting thing of this chapter for me is, one, first of all, the girl, the the new villain girl. I want to know what her quirk is. Well, we kind of see her quirk as she opens the door. There's like an aura around her hand as she's lifting the metal. So maybe she can like manipulate metal or something. I honestly don't know. Or maybe she just has super strength. I don't know. Like she, whatever. But all the villains that are released, are they going to follow all for one? Or are they going to follow Shigaraki? Because technically Shigaraki has inherited all for one. And then Alpharon himself is like, I'm going to be a new demon lord. But it's like, how are you going to be a demon lord if you don't necessarily have access to your full power? If you transferred it to Shigaraki? Or did he not transfer everything and he still he still holds the main the main chunk of that power? You see what I'm getting at? So if Shigaraki finds out, like, you held out on me, you, you still have some of your power... And he tells him, like, oh, you know, it's just for, like, safety precautions. That's going to, like, that's definitely going to shift the tide and make it feel like he never really trusted Shigaraki. Or he has been using him to attain his ultimate dream. And I definitely see Shigaraki being the one to defeat All for One. And the one that's going to pretty much get rid of him. I, I don't see the heroes being the main ones that are going to destroy him. And considering that all the heroes, not all the heroes, but the main heroes, like the top 10, pretty much all them and a lot of students, they're out for the for battle and everything because of their injuries and everything. Right now, it's going to be around this. It's it's the villains. This is their their time again. We had They had their moment when they were fighting the, the Meta Liberation Army or whatever. And now here's their moment again. And this is where Shigaraki is going to rise and be like, yo, this is my time. This is... My era, these are my people, and this is my dream to destroy everything. Like, you helped me get here, but now you're using me. I'm tired of it. And he's just going, he's going to go berserk, and he's going to take out All for One. And All for One's going to put up a fight, but I don't think that he's kind of, like, anticipated Shigaraki turning on him. I still think that All for One is has that feeling inside him, like, I still own this guy. This guy's not going to turn against me because I am still his master. And if that's the case, he's going down. Shigaraki is not having it. Shigaraki is straight up going to be like, yo, bro, I'm tired of everything you've done to me. You've been mean to me. You don't listen to my feelings. You use my body without my acknowledgement. Who do you think you are? And he's just going to take him out. So I, I definitely feel in the coming chapters, Shigaraki is going to take him out. He's going to show his dominance. And then all the villains that were freed are going to be like, yo, I'm rolling with this dude. Because this dude is not messing around. And a majority of them have confronted Shigaraki one way or another. Whether they worked on his team or they got their hands cut off. But anyways, yeah. That was towards overhaul. <laughs> anyways, um, I'm sorry guys. First podcast. I don't know how to build the vibe here. I'm just trying to geek out about this stuff, okay? But at the end, just it's kind of weird at the end. It's... All for one and Shigaraki's body looking at his all for one body. That's like, am I looking at a mirror 
He's probably like, dang, I put on a couple pounds in that prison. Or maybe he lost weight because he probably didn't eat or anything. Did he eat? He had that tube over his mouth the whole time. I highly doubt it. Maybe they're injecting him with like food or fluid or something. But the big, the big thing in the end is this will be the story of how I become the greatest demon lord of all time. It's kind of mirroring where the beginning chapters where Deku is like, this is the story of how I become the greatest hero. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought we were here for Deku's story of being a hero, not All For One's story of becoming Demon Lord. Oh, we're going to learn about uh, All For One Chan and his stories about being Demon Lord. No, that'd be cool, though. And then I can already see it. Shigaraki, the real Shigaraki facing him. And he's like, this is the story of me becoming the real Demon Lord. And it's like, oh, snap. Or he says something else. I don't know. But for the most part. This is an interesting chapter. We're starting to see a lot more shift. We saw it in prior chapters where even Shigaraku was like, yo, bro, leave my body alone. Or in that psyche where even Deku sees him. And he says that in that dream, Shigaraku looked like he needed help, needed to be saved or whatever. I don't necessarily feel like he needs to be saved. It's more like he's starting to get tired of all of this and he's trying to figure out a way to save himself. You get me? And that's by killing your master. It's like... Darth Vader taking out the Emperor, but I mean, obviously he did it because he's not evil anymore. He resorted to the good side or the the Jedi way, whatever. Anyways, no Star Wars. Point of this, back on track. Yes, sorry. So you're arguing all for one. There's going to be confrontation. And I don't think all for one sees it coming. I honestly don't. I think he still feels like he has the upper hand, which in reality, I don't think he does really. And with Tartarus down, where are all these, like, super villains going to go? There's going to be... I mean, it was a breakout. And then there's obviously a lot of villains that came out that we don't know of. And who are going to be the heroes that are going to stop them? Well, there's going to be... There's a big shift in the coming chapters. And it's going to be interesting to see who is going to rise up. Because a lot of the big heroes are, are injured. And the big, the next big thing I'm wondering is... Is, are they going to try to take advantage of Eerie's body? Are they going to... They know we they brought Lemillion back with Eerie. And there's this high demand for heroes to be restored. And how do they determine the hierarchy of that? Like, who gets restored first? How are they going to utilize Eerie's power? Are they going to try to abuse it? Are they going to take turns? Can Eerie handle that capacity of, of restoring bodies? Is that even fair for Eerie, you know, because Eerie saved Mirio because they're best friends, you know, they're buds, like, they were hand in hand, but that was always the plan, right, Mirio was always there with her, because he was always hoping for that to happen, and it happened, and when it happened, oh my god, seeing Mirio or Lemillion pop his head out, oh my god, that was the best moment ever, oh, I can't wait to do some, like, live reactions to some of these chapters, they're gonna be great, oh, sorry, I clapped my hand, that was that, like, loud pop. Because I was just so excited. But that's going to be the next interesting thing. Obviously, Shigaraki and all for one. But Eerie. Eerie is going to play a big part in this. Because obviously, Eerie can help everyone. Eerie can bring back Hawk. Hawk. Hawks. Because it's still not known if he lost his wings or not. But he, they definitely got charred. Um, Endeavor is just really messed up. Deku is messed up. Dynamite. I know some of you don't like it. But I'm just going to refer to Bakugo as Dynamite. He's messed up. Oh, Todoroki, he's a he's a he, he's burnt, but he's a uh, Eraser head, freaking oh my god! And then Mikro, oh my goodness! And then we got 
Ryuku and who else is out there? Oh my goodness. Well, obviously we lost, we lost Midnight. That's a lot. That's 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 bad. I mean, if you read Vigilantes, you just feel it more because Midnight's story in Vigilantes is, is just so great. She's just such an uplifting character in that in that story, and you could see what big of an impact she had on Eraser's head early. Eraser Head's early career in heroism and as a student. It's just like, dang. She was that hero we all wanted. She was like that pervy hero that we wish we all had. Oh, maybe in a guy aspect. Maybe some females wanted to. I don't know. Equality, yo. You got, y'all decide what you want. I don't care. At least for my fantasy, she would have been the hero teacher that I would have loved to have. I would have that Mineta vibe. But then yet again, I don't want Mineta's powers or hype. Or anything to say. If any of you simp over Mineta, please tell me why. Like, someone tell me why people simp over Mineta. Honestly, I, I don't understand it. But it's there. And I'm not hating. I just want to understand. Please, just teach me. Tell me why. And that's all I want to know. It really is. But anyways. Oh, and Cementos. Sorry. <laughs> Big jump. Cementos. He is, like, pegged on the ground. He's, like, flat. And there's, like... This dude can make cement, and yet it looks like there's a chunk of cement coming through his body. I mean, it's like a rock or a pillar or something. It's like, dude, couldn't you have just, like, molded your body around there? Or couldn't you have, like, flattened that out or something? But, I don't know, it's just, it's just funny. It's like, imagine a, a flame dude being killed by fire. It's like, dude, can't you make flames? Well, I guess Kira World, whatever. But Cementos is, like, pegged, but I think he's still alive. I don't think he's dead. But, um, but yeah, so, My Hero Academia... Chapter 2, what was it, 297? 297. This was a big chapter. It was an interesting chapter. It was an intense chapter. And obviously, it's turning the tide for the villains. And we're obviously... This is going to be the next shift in hierarchy of who are going to be the villains and who are going to be the heroes. And if any heroes come back, cool. And if any villains come back, cool. So we'll see where that plays. And on that note, that was the manga breakouts for One Piece... Black Clover at My Hero Academia pretty much just kind of ran through it a little bit and just gave my my own personal synopsis of each chapter. The exciting parts that I the parts I thought were exciting, what I anticipate might happen, what I think well what I hope will happen too. And just a bunch of like just reactions, you know. It's it's more of like these these breakout chapters, that's that's all it's gonna be. It's just me geeking up out about the chapter and so if you're still listening at this point and if you like manga and you read manga and you're up to date with her in chapters i would more than gladly be happy to have a conversation with you and bring you on the podcast let's talk about these chapters obviously me talking about mike one way can only go so far i need to have other human interactions and like i said i'm hoping to build this podcast and have other people on board whether they are manga and anime experts whether they don't have any expertise and maybe they just watch one or two things and how it impacts them on their daily lives. Like, this stuff goes way beyond just animated and drawn things, you know. The podcast is called Between the Pegy for a specific reason. Between the pages, because these pages is what gives life to everything else, you know. It's like reading anything. When you read knowledge and stuff, it gives you insight into other things that you have no idea. Anime manga, yeah, it's not, it's fantasy, but at the same time, it was created by someone who is real. And it has their feelings, their emotions, their thoughts, their experiences in it. So, whether you see it as childish or not, it doesn't matter. 
this stuff is a medium for art and exploration and personal development and you can use it that way or you can just disregard it and just enjoy it for what it is i honestly am just interested in talking to people and seeing how they take it some people watch anime they could care less some people read manga they could care less some people read it and really get invested in it we, i know many people that cry over characters that die all the time there are some anime moments that definitely give us the feels so thank you so much for staying all the way through in the podcast definitely there will be check us out on instagram we obviously got the podcast going on different platforms i honestly still don't know where it's going to be at the moment but once i get it going next video will have all those great details and i with this podcast also will have a tiktok so we would just be posting random stuff there and so in any of the the posts leave comments dm us talk to us tell us if you want to be on an episode and we just vibe around anime and manga that'd be great but on that note thank you guys so much for sticking through my name is jay i'm here from between the pedgy and here's to our next podcast thank you guys so much take care